0: This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia
2: Federal Credit Union.
1: All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh or learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-hosts co host The Mortgage Mom, and Cat-Sares. And there's a crowd. They, they love her. They love her. The Mortgage Mom. And we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock on PH2 Talk Radio 1210. If you want us to ask a question about mortgages with The Mortgage Mom, residential, commercial, real estate with me, give us a call. My number is 267-266- 5501. What's your number, Deanne? My
3: number is 267-266- Right.
1: Yeah, you can't even get your number out. <laughs>
3: My number is. So, what's
1: your number, Deanne? My number
3: is 609 605 7153.
1: All right. Very good. So, we're here every week for the last 14 years to answer your questions, keep you informed. We're the only real estate show in the market. So, and today we got you can listen to this show and past shows also at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com. So, what's coming up today, Deanne?
3: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with asking Dr. A. Right. Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic.
1: Which is what?
3: What is an escalation clause and when is it time to do it? All right. Mark, we also have a special guest today with us. Um, we have Randall Spackman from Thornberry Services, and he's here to talk about restoring historic homes and their challenges.
1: Yeah, he's got a big company. Yep, I'm looking forward to guy. it.
3: We also have our question and answer segment. First question is, I want to offer on a home, but the owner has a contract with EQT for oil and gas rights under 2022. Can rights revert to me in 2022?
1: Probably 2023. All right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Next question is, my mom and I are on the deed of a house. She passed away. I have two brothers. Do I become the sole owner or not?
1: And you missed one. Top.
3: If the, P- if the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue has a lien against an individual, but the property is jointly held, can they foreclose?
1: That's one department I do not like.
3: <laughs> I don't even want to touch that. And Mark, today, our topic of the day is why there won't be a ton of foreclosures in 2023. Right. The dooming. So I haven't had enough coffee this morning, being that it's so early in the morning today, but <laughs> we're going to get through it. Yes First, give us your motivational quote
1: And the motivational quote is When somebody tells me no It doesn't mean I can't do it It simply means I can't do it with them I like that I don't take too many no's for answers Because if you don't ask the answers No Exactly So where are we at?
3: So Mark, we are up to the market report
1: And there is Frank's Bell So homes are selling at the slowest pace Since the housing market nearly grounded to a halt prior to the pan Uh, The typical home that sold during four weeks ending January 8th was on the market for 44 days. Now, this is national report. I think we're still, our regional market's still a lot lower. The longest time span since April 2020 contributing to the biggest annual inventory increase on record. So pending home sales dropped 32% year over year to their lowest level on record, Mortgage purchase applications dropped at their lowest level, but they're starting to come back up since fourteen. Highest mortgage rates and extreme winter weather at the start of the year deterred would-be home buyers, exacerbating typical holiday slowdown. But there were signs of early demand is up. Redfin just did a study, uh, and are looking at all the uh, searches online and tour requests and buying services. And they posted a 6% increase over the last month. Google searches for homes for sale are on the rise. Some buyers are likely coming in from the sidelines because the rates have dropped now that from where they peaked back in November. And rates are still coming down. And by a lot of buyers are being encouraged by signs of improvement in the econ, economy. With There's some easing in the inflation in December. And for the sixth month in a row, wage growth, growth softened. So we're entering 2023 with a very positive economic news. And the latest Consumer Price Index confirms that the worst inflation is probably behind us. And I was listening to, uh, I like Charles that on uh, the yeah. Fox Business Channel. And he's very optimistic about 23. And uh, there's not going to be a crash or anything. And that's going to be one of my topics that I... This could bring back a lot of home buyers in the coming months. We're already seeing uptick in people initiating searches. Although the house owners have yet to turn into buyers, they will be soon as soon as they see these uh, that they got these monthly mortgage payments are going to be a lot cheaper than rent because rent's going to keep going up. And unemployment numbers and the latest inflation data is all a sign of some good things to come. So I'm optimistic about 23. I think we're going to get more inventory. There's going to be more buyers in the market. And I know with you, you're going to get a lot more uh, refis yeah. because
3: rates are going and to go And Mark, down. I'm very optimistic about 2023. I mean, we're only into what, the 20th, 21st, whatever that is, whatever today's date is. And people are, are starting to get off the fence. We've got a lot of contracts coming in, a lot of people out looking. So we're definitely moving in a much more positive direction. So- um, no feeling really good about it. What I'm also feeling really good about is our rates. Your 30 year fixed is at 5.875. Your 15 year is at 5.625. Your 51 arm is at 5.25. And your 30 year FHA is 5.75, running right along with your 30 year VA, 5.75.
1: And they're good rates.
3: They're not in the sevens.
1: No, and historically they're good rates. We talk about it every week. Every week. Average rates eight to fourteen percent. We're in the fives and six. Agreed. All right, so very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio at twelve ten, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours.
1: All hey, right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. So are we at the end?
3: So Mark, we are up to your funny story.
1: So I got one for you. So the millennial... The, the Millennial Indian Chief and the Weather Forecast for the Winter. That's what this is called. So it's late fall and the Native Americans on a remote reservation in South Dakota asked their new young chief if the coming winter was going to be bad, cold, or mild. Since he was a chief in the modern society, he had never been taught the old secrets of the old chiefs. So he looked at this guy. He couldn't tell whether it's going to winter is going to be like. Nevertheless, be on the safe side, he told them to get ready. It's going to be a cold winter and collect a lot of firewood. Be prepared. But being on a practical leader, after several days, he got an idea. He went to a phone. He called the National Weather Service and he asked him, is it going to be cold this winter? And the guy at the National Weather Service says, it looks like it's going to winter is going to be quite cold. The meteorologist told him at the Weather Service. So the chief went back to his people and he told them, collect even more firewood in order to be prepared. A week later, he called the service back again. Does it still look like it's going to, going to be really cold? And yes, the National Weather Service guy says again, because it's going to be a very cold winter. The chief again went back to the people and ordered them to collect even every scrap of firewood that they could find to be prepared. Two weeks later, the chief called the National Weather Service again. He goes, are you absolutely sure the winter's going to be very cold? The guy said, absolutely. It's looking more and more like it's going to be one of the coldest winters ever seen. He goes, how can you be so sure? He says, because the Native Americans are collecting a hell of a lot of firewood.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501.
1: And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the end Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is, what is an escalation clause... And how do you use?
3: Mm, I'm not giving. Well, you didn't tell me. I'm not giving uh, you credit for that one. I get a fifth percent there. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) It's going in the in the checked wrong box. What is an escalation clause? I got that part right. And when is it time to do it?
1: All right, I said use it.
3: Yeah, It didn't say do it. (laughs) Anyway, it's not (laughs) uncommon. Um, I've been getting a lot of calls recently for people asking, you know, what is this escalation clause? How do you use it? What does it mean? So I wanted to take some time to go over it.
1: That means that means there's still a bunch of bidding wars there going is. on.
3: There is. It's not as much, Mark, but it depends on the market that you're in. Um, but it's still happening. So, and it's not uncommon for sellers to receive more than one offer in a soaring real estate market. So
1: yeah, and our inventory is down right, again,
3: which therefore people are putting multiple offers on the same house. So depending on the yep. type of real estate market you're buying a home in an escalation clause in real estate it may be it may be necessary for getting the home of your dreams essentially using the escalation clause during a seller's market may be in, essential for actually winning that um, the bidding war so what is it so in the real estate market an escalation clause or escalator it's a section in the real estate contract that states that a prospective buyer, is willing to raise their offer on a home should the seller receive a higher competitive offer. The clause also states how much more the buyer is willing to pay and that the highest offer and their spending limit. So essentially, the escalation clause offers buyers protection if other potential buyers outbid them. Right. But generally, the escalation clause allows the seller to understand how serious a buyer their buyer is about a property and how far they're willing to spend to beat out the others. Now the thing that you have to be careful about the escalation is you need to let me know. You need to let your lender know because if we pre-approved you for 425 and you go up to 475 on your escalation clause, you might not be pre-approved. So you have to make That's sure true. before you put that in that you talk to me as your lender to make sure that you're still pre-approved for that amount. So the main components of the escalation addendum include what's the original price, the purchase price, how much will that price escalate above a competing offer? What's the maximum purchase price in the event of multiple offers? And it's also important to note that a clause will also include the amount of increments a buyer will pay should their offer be accepted. So generally The escalation clause and offers are communicated between the realtors, the listing agent and the buyer's agent, because you need proof. The seller has to have proof of a bona fide offer from another buyer. You can't just verbally go back and forth and say, we got an offer and it's 435, so we're going to take your 440 offer. So they actually have to show it. And the buyer and
1: well, they should always. It should always be in writing. It
3: should. Everything needs to be in writing.
1: But a lot of agents are lazy and they do that kind of stuff, and that's how they lose on deals. And you don't. They don't put it because if you put it in writing, the seller has to see it and has to sign it. There's actually a document that hardly anybody ever uses. It's for multiple offers, and it's supposed to go back and forth. You ever see one? Because nobody ever does it. Oh, no, there's actually a form for uh, competing bids back and forth, but nobody ever does it. Huh. Like, I just had a deal, um, the last one I just did, and, you know, no verbals. Like, I, like we they wanted to do something, not an escalation cause, but something else outside of the contract, and they wanted to change the contract. I was like, no. Right. Because any change in the contract's an out. A weasel clause. So, <laughs> addendum to the contract. Right but escalation clauses about three years ago, we started hearing about these and now it's becoming a topic at them because inventory's dropped again.
3: Exactly. No, exactly right. And that's why we're back in this situation again. And it goes right back to making sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed because you want to have that full pre-approval. You know, we have people agents are still calling, which just blows my mind. You know, we got to get the offer in today. Well, you should have called us yesterday. I mean, we're making it happen, but it's still, it's still crazy. Just, can you just put something in writing that they're pre-approved? And we go back to the same thing. It's my reputation on that piece of paper. When I put my name on it, yeah, and
1: that's not a pre-approval, that's a pre-qualification. That yeah, means it nothing means nothing. To me. As a listing agent, that means nothing. That means no credits run, no W twos, no tax heck, returns. We put a mirror on you know, and they're
3: breathing. And in this market, yeah. that's how not much, what you—that's not what you can do.
1: That's like two. That was like two thousand three. How much? How much did you make last year? Uh, three hundred fifty thousand. Oh, great. Signed by the right.
3: VP. <laughs> You're and fully
1: you, approved, no money down.
3: And you didn't <laughs> tell me that you're self-employed and you deducted 200000 of that income. Yeah. but it,
1: And that's why 2008 <laughs> happened. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but just to finish up again, this is definitely going to have to be part two because um, there's a lot of information. But basically the escalation causes can be beneficial, especially in a seller's market. So if the homes are selling fast, you'll want something that can help your offer stand out in a competitive market and let the sellers know that you need business. So the best time to use it, um, the clause will be during a bidding war scenario, but keep in mind that clause, they're not foolproof and they may not make sense for your unique situation. So you want to make sure you talk to your realtor and that you also take into consideration the price points. What does that payment look like, what's my interest rate, even though I want this house, it's going to become an emotional decision. Make sure that you're fully pre-approved for it.
1: And make sure your agent tells the other agent there's an escalation clause in the contract because I, in my career, I've been through, I used to always put stuff in special clauses and agents would have a seller or buyer sign a contract and not even see it. Right. I, I got some good stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, like, did you show the people the contract? I mean, right. you know. Right. But you know why? We're down to 4,100 actives in Philly again out of 670,000 units. Like we were in, we were getting close to 6,000 and now we're down again. So you got people back on the fence again, but now you got buyers coming into the market. Yeah. So soon things are going to really start picking yeah. um, up again. I like
3: think. I said in the last segment, I'm super optimistic. Um, I think I'm running out of time on my segment. So let's right. go into the question and answers.
1: All right. So, what's the first? The one? first
3: question is: If the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue has a lien against an individual, but the property is jointly held, can they foreclose?
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're both one that own everything, and and you've got a revenue tax issue, and they want to come after you, they're paying the butt. I've had problems with them in the past where I pay in stuff and. I get a letter. Uh, everything's straightened out. And then two years later, you get a letter, yeah. the same thing over again and over again, over again. But yeah, right. if everybody's on that, you are if you signed
3: and pressed hard on the dotted line, you're involved. You're right. What's the next one? All right. Next question. My mom and I are on the deed of the house. She died. I have two brothers. Do I become the sole owner or not?
1: Well, it's according to how the... It's going to how that will set up. That's you know, how to, everything's exactly. set up legally. I mean. Right.
3: I mean, you are on the deed. You are the sole owner. But if right. there's a will stating that, that mom's portion. going to be split up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. but so you would have, need a little bit more Without a will,
1: though, then you got the government stepping in and saying the one becomes sole owner. Right. That's the problem with not having a will. 80% of the United States does not have a will.
3: And they can get it. 200 dollars a from month for legal shield, legal shield yeah. and get it updated so all right last I mean
1: not no 20 some dollars a 20
3: month se- 20 20 dollars a month right
1: right and they joined legal shield the first thing they sent you was a will what's the
3: last one last question is have been under contract for over 1 month was supposed to have a settlement in 8 days and the seller backed out what can i do
1: unless there's they backed out for a good reason you could maybe force them to sell uh if you end up in court which is the automatic two grand That's what every lawyer wants That's a magic number So you hire a lawyer you go to court, shield. And you can force them to sell the property Unless they have a legitimate right. reason to back out You signed a contract That's supposed to hold up in court So there's actually a term for that I'm blanking uh, When you can force a seller in court To sell I should know that I got will... a real estate school and I'm you blanking should know that <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. Well, you can look but it up. The during answer our guest to the question is yes.
1: You could force them to sell the house. So, all right.
3: all right. All right. Coming up next, Mark, is our guest segment. And we have Randall Spackman from Thornberry Services. And he's going to talk about restoring historic homes and their challenges. I was looking at his
1: website. they got a great website. All right. Very good. So, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back.
0: The end and marker halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive, all the time. So are we at the end.
3: So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment with Randall Spackman from Thornberry Services. And he is going to educate us on the challenges of restoring a historic home.
1: Randall, how are you?
2: Good. How are you guys doing today? Really
1: good. And I was looking at your website. You guys do some very impressive work. And I, I all kinds of different patios, stuff, walls. You used to do a really lot of construction, mid-construction.
2: Well, it's fun to get into the creative uh challenges and things like that it's to do the same patio isn't much fun but they incorporate waterfalls and landscapes and lights yeah it's a house. lot it's a lot
1: well tell us about the historic home thing a little i'm curious
2: sure well i'm a big historian i love you know history and all older homes and i started doing a lot of consulting about adaptive reuse in this market was such a low Inventory people have been looking at older homes they typically would not have considered, saying, "Hey, how can I modernize? How can I make this work in a new family structure or new use, but still abide by local uh, historic preservation um, guidelines?" And right. I'll go in there and try to talk to them and say, "Hey, how can we make this house work? And maybe what some budgets are because some homes." obviously can get away from you that way but also some can be very creatively done with salvage yards and unique materials and things like that so it's created new opportunities in this world and of course to bring some of these old classic homes back to life
1: and there's and there's some really cool homes in our philly metro area in fact my drummer and my band owns it lives in one up on mechanicsville road i think it was built in the 1800s and it's like really cool house and there's one right near me at Foxy's the Conroy Mansion. Uh, there's some really cool houses around that would need your expertise because some of them are in disarray.
2: Well, that's just it. And some people look at these things. they would be like that old movie, The Money Pit, where it's like, oh, my gosh, what yeah. am I getting right. into? You know? But other times, you know, they really need just that vision, that face, if that new perspective, and just to restore the maintenance and all that has been sometimes, you know, forgotten about. Yeah,
3: they started. I saw um, somebody asked me about doing barn miniums.
2: Yes, yes, that's a big thing with barn miniums and you know, dividing a barn into separate different pieces or using it for your home in one section and a game room, a volleyball court inside the old haymow. <laughs> Could you I imagine? Mean, some these are great, and what's great about it is you can put your kids in that side of the barn, you don't have to hear from them till evening. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I also watched um, Rachel Ray building her house in Tuscany. That was um,
2: amazing. That was amazing. Some of these homes are on my wish list of things to be able to do. It's incredible. It's, but and, that, and that's just that so, each one has its own unique personality, which is what's so fun about the older homes,
1: right? Where do you find where do you find the most of them? Where do you, where do you do the most work at? Like at what areas?
2: We do a lot of the work in Chester County and the edge of Delaware County, um, but really I'll travel some of the different homes to do consultative work or help find uh, other contractors or try and find these uses or work municipalities to try and get some of this new work approved and you know recognized.
3: What are some of the challenges that you run into with this?
2: Well, there's a lot of strong uh, historic preservation commissions and things like that that will work with somebody if you come into them with the best and good faith knowing that you want to keep the genuine uh culture of the home exactly you want to you want to maintain that and update the home or the structure and if you go in that way they'll really work with you usually it's when you go in there and start putting in new vinyl windows and something that's not appropriate they get worked up so the idea is in order to save money and work smart you start early in the process with the township, with the municipalities, and try to find out what is appropriate, and of course, what's else already been done on the street. You don't want to over-improve, but you also right. can kind of get a rhythm and see what's already been done.
1: Yeah, you know, I ran into a few problems over my years with the uh, uh, historic society in Philadelphia, with some very strange ones. Like there was, I remember one on Diamond Street, which they were all worried about the windows, and I was like, "Wait a minute, there's eighty of them on the block here." But if that block happened to have somebody put that in as, you know, historically preserved. So then you had to And those kind of issues are, you know, especially if you're going all of a sudden you're selling it and then you got to disclose that kind of stuff because you can have problems.
2: Well, exactly. And some municipalities remember any home sometimes over 20 or 30 years can fall into different designations. So with remodeling and purchases, those different things are good to be aware of. Uh, With some of the different uh, Homes before you get into oh I'm going to put a pool And I'm going to do this I'm going to do that It's good to check with these things
1: Yeah because you could do that And they could be telling you to remove that
2: Exactly. Yeah they don't always have The best sense of humor
1: No, I was involved with one up in Chestnut Hill Real old stone And it had uh, some structural issues And we had to get them involved On how we did it You know there was a new modern way To do it but they didn't like that idea. But uh,
3: is there Rando? Is there certain contractors that only do historic? I mean, do you have to work with certain people?
2: There are some that have strength in historic homes. Like when I've done barn renovations, I'll find the actual rough sawn lumber of the same species to match the other post and beam hosts that are in the barn so really research on the contractor is very important because this is a unique field
1: yeah. now you're a other part of your company you do major landscaping and what other things do you do
2: yeah we've done some fun landscaping uh large different patios pergolas, pool decks heated waterfalls one of them was a waterfall the man could sit in that was heated by a pool heater and the water would just cascade over <laughs> i mean that sounds like somebody wanted my own house <laughs> so i mean yeah, that's a bucket list
1: job we that's, that's it next waterfall. on the list right a waterfall would be good waterfall. enough but i eat it one
2: <laughs> but we've done like fiber optic lighting it's it's fun because we attract the fun and usual jobs right. so they make me think a little bit but it, it makes it a one-off situation so it, it really you could bring out the creativity
1: what's what would be one of the craziest ones you've done
2: oh we, we've done work for different movie sets sometimes. I mean, the heated waterfall was pretty far up there. One of the things actually we did is a bunch of model railroad, the garden railroads, and we had one that had a train that went around the gentleman's pool, and these G-scale trains are large enough to hold his mugs of beer, so he could take it from his patio, drive it down through the train tracks oh to his my pool, God. and people could grab it off the back of the train and bring it back up
1: again oh, Diane wants one of them already She's gonna, I mean, you're going to be at her house next cool? week
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds like part of the plan
3: I do need some work on my pool
2: <laughs> and get a train <laughs> a beer train a beer train, is that awesome? that would be good let so see, I like it. You guys keep me on my toes and look at the, all the new services I now can add to the website. We can add beer and party trains and all kinds of things for you around your pool.
3: Yeah. And, and we want royalties, we just so to. you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you service mostly all of our listening area, right? A tremendous portion of it, absolutely. Good. Yes. Yeah, because my, my goal is to help people through some of these endeavors with some of these older homes, bring them back to life, make them modern, convenient you know, for everyday life, but also keep some of that original historic charm.
3: That's awesome.
1: And uh, yeah, my drummer, he lives in one that's like really a cool house. And it's, I forget what it was, but there's one right near me in Fox that was built in 1806, you know, there, and they're like cool buildings inside. And they did something unique. They kept a lot of the stone and they, but they kept some modern, but you still had that feel which was cool. So we ain't got much time left. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you and your company.
2: Sure. My name is Randall Spackman. I have Thornberry Services, and the phone number is 610-793-2933. We're located right in Westchester, Pennsylvania, right here in the southern part of Chester County.
1: And you're, tell me your website, too, because your website's really nice. It's dot yeah.
2: Thornberryservices.com.
3: Thank you, Randall. Really good. That was awesome. All right.
1: Thank you, Randall. You got it. Right, Deanna and- will be calling you. She's going to do a cash out and <laughs> order a train, I think. All
3: you right. You got it. Coming up next is our topic of the day. Why there won't be a ton of foreclosures in 2023. Right,
1: very good. Thanks, Randall. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. So we at the end.
3: So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is why there won't be a ton of foreclosures in 2023. Yeah.
1: And that was a good topic with Randall. He, he his company's really good. Well, check his webpage out, Thornbury Services.
3: Yeah, He's a nice guy.
1: So recently they did a report on homeowner equity at Adam. The first of all, first of all, there's a record amount of homeowner equity. Like this is all about the doom and gloomers out there on Twitter and Facebook saying there's going to be a bubble and there's going to be a crash and there's going to be a ton of foreclosures. I even had somebody email me, you got any foreclosures? No, oh there's hardly any of that going on. And there's a record amount of equity out there. $29 trillion sellers are sitting on an equity. Nothing like this has ever been seen before. And that's when a housing stock that's valued at about $41 trillion so if you look at the debt load that people are counting, it's actually really, really low as percentage of the value of their properties. So we found out about that. Half of the homeowners are what we call equity rich, which means they owe less than half of the value of their home on their mortgage. And interestingly, 93% of borrowers who are currently in foreclosure, which is a very small group, but 93% only actually have positive equity. This is not like back in the old, 2008 great recessions
3: right but let's you got to stop for a second and make sure that people don't misconstrue this that's 93 percent
1: yeah nine yeah nine that's 93 percent of less than one percent right we're i'm going to get to it there's more in this report we're talking about two hundred and fifty thousand houses in the whole country out of 3.5 million like there's no big foreclosures coming but in the 93% of that 250000 they actually have positive equity. So we're not back where we were in 08. So even if you did have some people in foreclosure, they have the opportunity to create a soft landing. So if they were in a short-term position of financial distress, conceivably, they could even refinance their loan with their lender. They have And now they kind of recovered. But even if they can't, they have the opportunity to sell the home because, as we talked about, they still, there's still tons of demand out there and if you put a property in a market that's priced right and, Looks and shows right, it's yep. probably going to sell. Exactly. But we don't have a foreclosure problem right now, and I don't see one coming. The normal level of foreclosure activity activity historically is 1% of the loans. Now, I'll give you another number, which will make more sense. Uh, the, historically, the foreclosure rate in the United States runs 3 to 4% in the worst market In 73 years, in 08, it was 5.1%. It wasn't 50%, 60%. It was 5.1%. Right now, it's about 1.5%, maybe less. So that would be in today's market, about 550,000 homes in some stage of foreclosure out of over 3 million. Instead, we have about only 260,000 so we're running about half of the historic normal levels of foreclosure, and foreclosure happens for lots of reasons: divorce, death, lost jobs. It's all life things, right? Uh, you know, and about uh, and we're running at about sixty percent of where we were prior to the pandemic. So even though foreclosure numbers have been gradually edging up, they're not edging up much. So anybody that thinks they're going to be doing all these short sales and foreclosures in twenty three, they better we've refigured the niche they're going to be working on because they're going to starve. Yeah. You know, there's always opportunity in real estate, but they're going to be hard to find. Right. And we're probably not going to get normal levels of, of like regular two, 3% convert, uh, foreclosure rates for a long time. So I think it's really important that people keep in mind just because they've been there. People are out there saying these kind of things just because doom and gloom sells. That's not what's really happening. I mean, there's tons of equity, and, and the mark, real estate market is in pretty good shape. D- does the media make everything sound negative? Of course, of course they do. That's does. who they are. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. You know, they scream when the rates go up. But not all things are bad news. I mean, even the rates today, can are big picture, are good rates. They're, so they're very not, good rates. Yeah, there's not going to be a ton of foreclosures. There's not going to be a big bubble. And and then with the trillions of dollars of equity, if somebody does lose their job or some medical bill or something life scenario comes up, a lot of them are sitting on so much equity, they're going to be able to get out of it or refi by some time, you know, so all in all, I think we're not going to see a lot of people underwater, a lot of people behind. I don't think there's going to be a ton of foreclosures and I'm already seeing that Twitter and Facebook and some of the other pages about the doom and gloom, right. and looking for the foreclosure. I hate when people call me up and say, "I want to buy one of those foreclosures." Right? You know, All right, I got one for you. It's at uh,
0: <laughs> you know
1: at the worst neighborhood in Philly. Is that where you want to be? Oh my god! No. no. I, Call end. you get a plan, and you buy. It. There you go. And if there happens to be a foreclosure next to our house with a pool and a train, you buy <laughs> that one. <laughs> All
3: right, that was a good segment. All right, coming up next is our segment with Asking Dr. A. And the question of the day is, should I hire?
4: Or should I not?
3: Or should I not?
1: That's a good question. I'm hiring. So you, to tell me what you think.
4: Well, let, let me just tell you the biggest mistake that people make when they hire they hire somebody because they like them all right because they're like them and they like them and they connect with them and they hire them and it is the biggest mistake in the world because you might love them then but believe me four to six months from now you're not going to like them much at all and you're going to be really angry at yourself because the chances are if you hire somebody just because they're like you
3: they're not going to work out. For it them. doesn't work out ever. Because
4: no. in, in most situations, in most organizations, uh you need somebody who's different from you. You're already there, you know, unless, unless, unless you're hiring somebody because they need to do the same job that you're doing, then it they
1: don't, you, you want to hire somebody who's different than you. Well, yeah. You want to leverage what yourself on, on the 80%. Absolutely. That you need to get done. Of course. That's the way I look well, at it. Well, what
4: happens is you, you look at you look at what your job is, you make a list of all the job tasks if you're looking for somebody to, to, to help you. Okay. And then what happens is you put a check marks next to those things that you love to do and the things that you feel that you have to do in the job for it to be right. done right. Right? Everything else should be delegated to somebody else. First pick is look to see if you have somebody there that you can delegate it to before I hire somebody else. You might have somebody who's not being u- utilized a hundred percent of the time, or or they have more space uh, and more time, and just delegate it to them. But if you don't have that person available, then you need to look at all those tasks, and then you put a job description together and or an announcement together that attracts people who will do those types of things.
3: Well, let me ask you this, Doctor A. What what about in like let's just say in my in my um, profession? The people that we hire on straight commission, right? So there's a lot of people in my business that are getting out just because they didn't plan properly for what's going on, or for whatever reason. They might have their own reasons. But now I have somebody that wants to come on board that's motivated, knows they can do really well, and and they but they want to start off with a little bit of a draw because they want to get their business up and going. And that's not such a bad thing. So you know, I should definitely disc them to make sure no that the personalities are going to work. But again, you're investing in right. somebody. I'm investing in their future. I'm investing in my future. Yeah,
1: and if you don't disc them, then you could you well, could, you you could make a real serious it. mistake. And ever since I've known Dr. A for the last 13, 14 years, I've seen it's almost like human nature. The first three months is a honeymoon. The second three months, there's right. improvements or cracks in the armor. And at six to nine months, right. it either takes off or blows up in your face, all because yep. you didn't use the right tools. I remember well, you, Dan, you know? Dan screwed up a couple of years ago with that guy. I love him; he's so great. And I, and I said, "What's this guy going to be doing?" Oh, he's going to be doing admin work. And I meet the guy; he basically runs across the room to meet me. He goes, "How you doing?" I was like, "Oh man, God, <laughs> this is not an admin guy." He was like, "Mr. Personator." And then six months later, we're well, at the studio and she's tapping her nails. I'm going to kill him. I'm like, kill who?
3: <laughs> I will tell you, he runs a very successful business Well, right now. yeah, because
1: that's it. That's,
4: yeah. But it's not who he was. That's a mistake. You. Right. I think we need to continue this because I think we're just about out of time. So if you want to contact us or if you want a free assessment, because we're giving away free disc and motive assessments, all you have to do is contact us at Succeed at abelson.net, and it's A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this next week.
4: Very There's
3: good. To... Thank you, Dr. A. All right, so if you can email your questions to 8029 at comcast.net, or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at DeanneKatsaris at comcast.net, or give me a call at 609 605 seven one five three
1: and a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air and was a great interview with randall from uh thornbury services today I'd like to thank frank our producer that does a great show on our week every week and all of our listeners who hope you tune in every week we wish penn state a win today and the eagles win should be a good weekend yay and we're here every saturday at one o'clock So with that, have a great week. We want a Penn State win and an Eagles win. I'm Mark Cumberland.
3: I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT 1210. All All positive, positive, all all the the time. time.
0: Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of the past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.